Hello, and welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we're back with chilling tales that put a tingle in your spine. That's right. Get those spines ready. Mm-hmm. Who's ready for some tingling? We'll warm them up. These are about to cool them down, and hopefully it'll just meet in the middle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So this is the final Guide to the Unknown for yes. the year 2017. Yeah. Come next week, everything will be different. That's right. Be a new year. That's right. Shining and new. A blank page. Before we get into our topics for this show, Mm -hmm. I wanted to find something that was based on the new year that might just be interesting, a little fun fact or something. Uh So I looked up if there's anything chilling about Father Time or Baby New Year. Okay, great. I have one thing. What? Granted, I didn't look too deep. Yeah. Maybe there'll be topics for their own real show sometime in the future. But uh, the only thing I found that was of any interest to me is that newspapers used to print the names of every newborn baby, every baby new year. Uh But according to Wikipedia, this isn't a direct quote. I'm not reading this from Wikipedia right now. The only thing that jumped off the screen to me Uh is that newspapers, most of them, stopped printing the names of baby new years because it made them, quote, Targets for criminals. I was wondering if it was it was a target. Yeah. What a weird what criminal gets up and reads the the Washington Post? <laughs> they could want to steal a baby new year. Ah, uh, little and Judith everybody Myers. Would, everybody would really want to get back a baby new year. Like even more than a regular baby. Get get back? Yeah, if he stole the baby. So a he's criminal. I'm gonna be a real daddy now. <laughs> No, for ransom. What do you think a criminal is going to do? I don't know. It was funny to say. It feels like they're going to not like steal the baby. It feels like they're going to steal from the baby or something. (laughs) Be a target for criminals, right? Or identity theft? Really? Identity theft? That's true. Yeah, back then there's less way to like. I'm thieving. I'm thieving an identity to make it look like I'm a one day old boy. (laughs) Yeah. Trade in for a younger model. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yourself. Yeah. And then the only other thing that I realized a little too late, I wanted to remember it and I didn't, (laughs) is that last week on the show, I offhandedly said you and I should come up with some predictions for the year 2018. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Nostra Willie forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. Okay. Well, too bad. I kind of saw the future at the time. I kind of knew the moment I said it, I would forget it. Yeah. So in a certain way, I did predict that. That's true. Although I didn't record it anywhere. That's true. Maybe that's good enough. That I knew I'd forget to make predictions yeah. for 2018. So, well, we're just going take our in, word for it. We're going in blind. We yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's not calamity. So, this week on the show, we're doing something yeah. a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Our topic this time. Well, it's always something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, but we go back to, you know, it's monsters again. Yeah. You know, we have not done this one yet. I'm very excited yes. about it. Yep. Cursed films yeah yeah Uh uh-huh a lot of movie productions out there are said to carry curses that have plagued the cast and crew Mm -hmm. sometimes for decades yep often to the grave yes yeah and beyond maybe (laughs) there's somebody in like heaven or hell right now who's still succumbing to the poltergeist curse or something (laughs) who's like damn it santa claus 2 why did i spend three weeks on that movie set 50 millennia ago I'm being tortured for it for all David time. David Crumholtz is never going to rest. Oh, poor David Crumholtz. Why? He's yeah. fine. Is he? He was just in The Deuce. What's The Deuce? The Deuce is that show on HBO about um, Times Square with Dave Franco, or not Dave Franco, James Franco and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh. 
It was great. Okay. And he was great in it. All right. David Crumholtz is okay. David Crumholtz, this one's for you. Yeah. The Santa Claus 2 curse hasn't totally taken hold of him yet. Did you watch... Give it time. Did you watch all the Santa Claus movies? Yes, I we did. Um, Ryan and I watched Santa Claus 1 on Christmas Eve. Then Santa Claus 2 wasn't available on demand <laughs> without having to pay for it. We didn't want to pay for it. So we jumped to Santa Claus 3, oh. turned it off because we were just like, oh my God. You didn't finish it? Let me finish. Oh, I apologize. Turn off. We're like, this is brutal. And then last night, um, we watched the Santa Claus two on Netflix because we found it on Netflix, which is free. Obviously, we were only looking at the on-demand menu of our cable, and we uh-huh. realized we hadn't turned over every stone. An amateur move, but I understand exactly. And then Santa Claus three was also on Netflix, so we watched Santa Claus two. Not great. <laughs> then moved on to Santa Claus three, which is a notable drop in quality. And we just fast-forwarded it to where we had been yeah. and continued on. Wow. It was so bad. Yeah. It was so That's bad. That's the one with Martin Short as Jack Frost. Have you seen that? I've fast-forwarded through it. Do, do you see him at the end when, spoiler alert for the Santa Claus 3, he turns into an elf? And he looks arguably more disgusting than when he was Jack Frost. Really? Yeah, he looks like himself in um Clifford. Oh, I hate Clifford. Yeah. I like 20 years. Martin Short, I like you, but sometimes you make it hard. You make it hard. Don't. He's really, really funny. I, I used to hate him. I know. I know. And then I, I flipped, turned upside down. I know. Love him. Yeah. But I forgot he was you in Clifford. You love him now? I think he's really funny. Oh, okay. I think he's really funny. I figured it just turned to like, not love. No, wow. no. I really enjoy him now. But I forgot that he was in Clifford, and I don't like Ed Grimley. Nope. And anything that makes me think of Clifford or Ed Grimley Puts me back in the hate category yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. It yeah. brings you back to that place. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Well, they were... Santa Claus was fun. I really enjoyed watching the Santa Claus. Very bleak. Oh, my God. It was so dark. But really enjoyed it. Yeah. Santa Claus 2 was like, oof. And then Santa Claus 3 was like, oofy, well, oof. for some reason, Tim Allen has something going for him where people think that he's some sort of Robin Williams-type comedy um, rubber face. Yes. And also, he's some sort of like Christmas man now because oh, yeah. we also watched Christmas with the Cranks, which was great to begin with. Ryan and I were like, this is a... This, well, I don't know if we were saying it like this, but we were like, this is pretty good. This is really fun. And then it got really bad. And then I saw on Netflix, he has a movie from this year called El Camino Christmas. Oh. And it's like about him and his car or something. That sounds What's amazing. with this guy in Christmas? <laughs> that sounds good. So we did like a Tim Allen multi-feature. You can't even call it a double feature. Yeah. And then we did a Catherine O'Hara double feature because we watched Nightmare Before Christmas and Home Alone. Nice. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. We had a great Christmas weekend. Good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Thank I'm you. also glad that Tim Allen is now invading every podcast I do. Oh. See also, yeah. Will and Bobby know everything. We found out Tim Allen has a forum, yeah. which is still running, and about seven or eight people go there every month. Mm-hmm. Bobby and I are two of them. Yeah. It's insane. It's a lot. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So, okay. Let's jump into it. Okay. Let's get back in the spooky mix. All right. None of this Christmas stuff. Yeah. The cranks. Well, Christmas is scary in itself in some ways. St. Nicholas. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Funny you should mention. I know a few (laughs) select facts about the Yuletide that might put a little coal in your stocking. I don't know. (laughs) No, that was perfect. Thank you. Welcome. All right, why don't you go okay. first this time? Okay, sure. It's about damn time. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's I been went, a couple weeks. Maybe I just went first last week. You didn't. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to talk to you about, okay, interesting. The curse of Rosemary's Baby, or is it? I'm very happy you're going I'm, first all of a sudden. I'm skeptical. Okay. I'm, I'm very skeptical but of my curse as well. in a great way. Anytime that people say there's a curse about something, like when we did the Kennedy's curse. Yeah, that's it's like, like, Kennedy curse fact. Yeah. One of them robbed someone. Yeah, like, that's not a curse. Not a curse. Like, he was a bad person. They did a terrible thing. Yeah. Right. Um, however, like there are some movies that seem like a ton of bad stuff happened. Like yeah. we're going to talk about them sometime in the future, but in particular Poltergeist and The Exorcist, sure. like that feels cursy. You think so? I have to read it all again, all right, but well, from I'm, what I remember. When we get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so with Rosemary's Baby, there were a bunch of thing, bad things that happened either on set or off set after it was done, but I think that it got the curse rap from one guy's account of things that happened to him and kind of punching it up a little oh. bit, and I'm going to save the best for last because this guy so? is fascinating. Mm. I knew nothing about him, so I'm not going chronological because I'm going to yeah. really go into this guy. Bebop and scat, a little jazz, exactly. a little jazz rift. Exactly. Do you want to, just in case people out there don't know or it's mm-hmm. at the tip of their tongue or something, you want to tell them what Rosemary's Baby is? Okay, and well, maybe it's light spoiler alert for the yeah. movies, just in case we need to. Okay, yeah. Well, I won't tell the whole plot or anything, yeah. but. Uh, Rosemary's Baby is a movie from the 60s starring Mia Farrow. She had a very short haircut, not unlike you girls, um, (laughs) that um, you might recognize. And um, she plays Rosemary Woodhouse, who is pregnant. And it seems like there may be like a witch's group after her baby. And she's scared of that. Yeah, there you go. Things are going on. Okay. So, let me skip because I written him first. Okay, so here are some weird things that happened. During the filming of the movie, um, Frank Sinatra served Mia Farrow with divorce papers like while she was on set. Oh. So in front of the casting crew and everybody, his lawyer came and served her the papers, and she like cried and signed them and then continued with her day of working, which sucks. Oh my gosh. And the reason he divorced her was that um he didn't want her to do Rosemary's Baby anyway, and they were she was supposed to do a movie with him called The Detective, and Rosemary's Baby was like getting rescheduled and stuff like that. So it was it was pushing into their shooting time for The Detective. So she had to drop out of that to do Rosemary's Baby, and he like really resented it. Wow! And then um, apparently he also just kind of like didn't want her to work too much because she was like a married lady now. Um, and it's annoying. Yeah, totally. And um, so, yeah, so he divorced her. And then the detective and Rosemary's Baby came out on the same weekend, and Rosemary's Baby clobbered it. Good. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's what you get, all blue eyes. Yeah, totally. Hey, you'll um, be eating dinner alone from now on. That's Or, how, that's... or will you? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Well, they were off and on for years after that still. They had dalliances. You know, it seemed like through the beginning of her marriage with um, Woody Harrelson, with uh, Woody Allen. Yeah. Um, it is my belief and a lot of people's belief, not blowing the lid off this thing, yeah. that Ronan Farrow is actually uh, Frank Sinatra's son. Right. He has acknowledged it and said he like he doesn't know and he's just gonna like He doesn't want to know. He, it's just whatever. Yeah. But like God, I don't know why I love it so much because it's so I guess that's why I love it so much. It's, it's so, so crazy. It's so obvious to yeah. me. Like, give it a Google. Just Google like Ronan Farrow um, face Frank Sin- <laughs> face, and then you'll see Frank Sinatra's face in front of you, but yes. in 2017. Yes. And then look at Woody Allen. You're like, oh yeah, that's your dad, and not this guy. Please, for sure. Please, I agree. So um, so yeah, so that happened on set, and then everything else kind of happened after the movie was out. So um. 
the first thing that's really weird was that the composer of the movie, whose name was Christoph Komita, um, a few months after the movie fell into a coma and nobody it was because of a blood clot and nobody really knows how he got the blood clot or what happened or if it wasn't a blood it was something that like was precipitated by an event okay do you or blood clot I know, maybe, maybe there's just a, a a blank spot in my knowledge i think like blood clots clots can just happen okay. but the hmm, cuz yeah like it's not it. like doctor i never hear doctors going like how but something you... gave him the blood clot that we can directly say. So, like, it's a mysterious blood clot. Did the devil put it there? <laughs> well, know? that's nobody's saying that. Yes, um, <laughs> but no, no, no. There are just like multiple. Well, I guess I'm kind of saying it. Like, people don't know how. So, I guess I'm wrong. Maybe it's not a blood clot. Um, I'd seen something about a blood clot. A hematoma is that the same as a blood clot? Ali is a hematoma. A blood clot? hematoma. Oh, okay, so that makes more sense. Something I saw did say something about a blood clot, but maybe he got a blood clot after being in the hospital in a coma or something? Well, whatever. Okay, so there were some things about how he may have... Roman Polanski said that he may have gotten this hematoma after when they were at a party and, and he was roughhousing with some people and he fell down like a cliff. Not a huge cliff, but still. <laughs> Bad place um, to roughhouse. I know, right? It was a crazy time. <laughs> Tickle fine. Yeah. The top of a yeah. steep cliff where water's smashing onto jagged right. rocks right. below. And like other people said that there were other reasons for it. That's what I'm saying. Like people were like, oh, I don't know if this thing happened from this event. It sounds like this guy was very active. I'm not yeah. sure. But um, he fell into a coma and died after four months, which is the same thing that happened to Hutch in the book. Oh. Which is very weird. He's in a coma for four months. Yeah. Yeah. That and then Rosemary's friend. Mm-hmm, yep. He's her friend who is kind of on to the witches. Yeah. And then they seem to have to dispatch him. Huh. So it's like the witches dispatched Christoph Komita. My God. I know. Um, everybody knows about, you know, Roman Polanski and his wife, Sharon Tate. One second. Yes. Is Rosemary's baby where they say witches, all of them? All of them witches. All of them witches. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I know. It's awesome. I almost so got a tattoo cool. of that with the Scrabble tiles, but it would like it wouldn't look good. Well, you do have a Rosemary's I Baby do. tattoo. I do. We're doing a real Kristen is tattoo it, rock. Block. Is it a place people can see on the yeah. video show? Yeah, it's the Tannis charm. Yeah, this is the Tannis charm that yeah. Rosemary is given. She mm-hmm. thinks it's good luck. It ain't. Mm-mm. It's calling in the devil. Weird. Yeah. Your, it, I, your tattoos are telling the story of Guide to the Unknown. Toynbee Tiles or and Tannis has Root. Guide to the Unknown been pulling me toward these tattoos all this time? Ah. All right, movie quote for people out there. Okay. My body is a roadmap of pain. Do you know what that is? No. Tweet at us. Who knows what that's from? What is it? Uh, what if they hear it? Remove your microphone away. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay. I heard. I knew the, what the movie was. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Any, <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Rome Polanski's wife was Sharon Tate, who was very famously killed by the Manson family. Yeah. Um. So that's you know mentioned when people talk about kind of the bad fortune that befell Rosemary's Baby. Um. I didn't know that Sharon Tate is in Rosemary's Baby, oh. just uncredited in a party scene. Um, where it's the party scene where she doesn't want to invite um, Minnie and Roman. She just wants to like hang up people with people her age for like once in her life yeah. at this point of oh, time. Oh, Minnie and Roman are the elderly couple. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are like up Rosemary's butt yeah. and giving her the tannis and giving her things to drink and everything. And it's all in service of growing Satan's baby. 
Wow. Um, but yeah, so Sharon Tate was – she really wanted to be cast as – um, Rosemary, oh. and it didn't work out. And then she was married to Roman Polanski, and she was kind of like hanging out around on set a lot. And she ended up being in the background of that scene. Wow. And um, yeah, she. I mean, it is kind of eerie. Like she and and horrible, obviously. But um, Rosemary's Baby is about a pregnant woman who's being pursued by people who want to do bad things to her and the baby. Well, I mean, they don't exactly want to do bad things to the baby, but, you know, it's not good. Yeah, they're obviously manipulating a situation, yeah. manipulating Rosemary and her yeah. husband, and, yeah. and they want something with the baby. Right. And Sharon Tate was killed when she was eight months pregnant. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, yeah. kind of a weird parallel. Is she... Didn't they rip a baby out of a womb? No, that's... I think that's a myth. That's not true? I don't think so. All right, that's good. Yeah, I think that that's... I don't think so. I'm glad that's I was not thinking true. about that today. I think it's a myth, but then I wonder if that... I don't know. Maybe it is true. Maybe it's one of those things that's so terrible. You end up... People are just like, oh, no, it's not actually true, but it could be. Sounds like a job for the Mythbusters. That would be a funny reference if this were the year 2003. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they busted those kinds of myths and not just like, carbonation isn't actually as strong as you think. Yeah. <laughs> Is carbonation really strong? Let's find out. Yeah. This root beer is tickling my nose. Yeah. Confirmed. <laughs> Do babies love candy? <laughs> Let's find out. Confirmed. <laughs> like, I could be that kind of mythbuster. Happy, obvious mythbusters. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. Um, let me see if there's anything before I get into the meat and potatoes of this kind of. I just have um, meat and potatoes. Oh. Oh my God, we really are hooked into the universe. Huh. Um, okay, so those are the main things. Then this is a weirdness. These these aren't really necessarily... A lot of this curse stuff is kind of just the articles that I read mentioning all the weird things that happened around Rosemary's Baby, which yeah. is certainly true. But like, I don't think this plays into the curse aspect, but it's a weird thing. Just that, strange yes. goings on. Yes, exactly. So... Um, you know, the Manson family who killed Sharon Tate kind of based some of their rampagey stuff, at least outwardly, on the concept of Helter Skelter. And Charles Manson said that's a song from the Beatles' White Album. And Charles Manson interpreted that as being about a race war. Yeah. And so he was sending his evildoers out to kill people and stuff and write Helter Skelter. And the plan in just a druggy haze, I guess, was that the cops would see that, think it was black people, and then that would start the race wars. He wanted it to happen. Right, yeah. exactly. So um, Helter Skelter is on the White Album. The White Album was written on an ashram in India. Mia Farrow was with the Beatles when they wrote the White Album. Wow. And John Lennon was shot in front of his apartment at the Dakota, which is where Rosemary's Baby was filmed. Weird. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's a little like element of serendipity, synchronicity. Yes. It's very strange. Weirdness. That is strange. Yeah, totally. Huh. Um, and also, this is just a rumor, and it's, it seems like it's definitely not true, but um, it was rumored that Anton LaVey, who was the head of the Church of Satan, um, acted as a technical consultant on Rosemary's Baby, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I awesome. I love that kind of stuff where like who said that and then I everyone know. who believed it and reported on it. I know. That's kind of fascinating. I to know. Me. I love it. Okay. So here's the thing that I found very like rabbit holy. So the producer of Rosemary's Baby was a guy named William Castle. And um he's in the movie for a hot second. He's the man at the phone booth when Rosemary's on the phone. She's like, What? Oh yes, it sounds like a wonderful time. Because she, okay. wa she wants to like hog the phone because she wants the doctor to call her back. Yeah. And like save her from all the craziness in her life. Um so 
He started, okay, I'm not sure about this guy. It's obviously fact that this happened. He started getting kidney stones a lot after Rosemary's baby. All right. It's obvious that happened. He was not Blood hospital. clots and kidney stones. Right? Let's yeah. call the whole thing off. Um, so he was in the hospital. God. <laughs> and he, um, one time he was delirious and he um, reportedly yelled, for God's sake, Rosemary, drop the knife. Whoa. When he was like in a stupor. This guy says that he got up to 50 death threat letters a day. Here's the thing about William Castle. This guy. Bit of a liar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, there is no better way to do this, I think, genuinely than to just read from his YouTube. I mean, his YouTube, his um, his Wikipedia. Yeah. So he was a producer of like B-horror movies and stuff. Yeah. I think I know and the name. I didn't at all. Is his name on the poster for some reason? For, I mean, he's a producer. I feel like I so know maybe. his name. Whatever. I don't know. Um, so he's like, he did like B horror movies, and kind of his calling card and his thing was that he had major gimmicks attached to horror movies that are so cool. Okay. And so like 50s and 60s and fun. So um, I will try to just pick the coolest ones and tell you. Like, this guy sounds amazing. So he financed his first movie, Macabre, by mortgaging his house, and he came up with the idea to give every customer a, a certificate for a $1,000 life insurance policy in case they should die of fright during the film. Huh. He also stationed nurses in the lobbies with hearses parked outside the theaters. Macabre was a hit. Oh, that's awesome. I know. Um I thought you said macaw at first. <laughs> macaw. They are scary. Um, House on Haunted Hill was filmed in Emerjo. A skeleton with red-lighted eye sockets attached to wire floated over the audience in the final moments of some showings of the film to parallel the action on the screen when a skeleton rises from a vat of acid and pursues the villainous wife of Vincent Price's character. Once word spread about the skeleton, kids enjoyed trying to knock it down with candy boxes, soda cups, or any other objects at hand. Which sounds really fun. I love that. Um, there is a movie called The Tingler where he got military surplus airplane wing de-icers because they were vibrating, vibrating motors. And he had a crew travel from theater to theater attaching them to the underside of some seats because in that time, a movie didn't necess necessarily premiere in all theaters at one time. Yeah. So I guess he had them bring them to different premieres. Huh. And then... Um, the buzzers were activated as the film star, Vincent Price, warned the audience to scream, scream for your lives. So then they get a buzz and they're like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, so, that, that's almost like uh, way forward thinking. Now they have yeah. uh, smell o vision. Yeah, smell o vision, but I, I forgot what it's called. Cinemas, uh, whatever. There are, there are movies that you can go to where, like, if it's snowing in the movie, uh -huh. it'll be snowing in the theater. Besides at Disney World? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. In uh, L.A., I think there are a couple that are pretty popular. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, some sources incorrectly, incorrectly state that the seats were wired to give electric jolts. It wasn't that. They were just like buzz. Right. Um. In 13 Ghosts from 1960, it was filmed in Illusion-O, which is basically kind of like 3D, I think. Yeah. And um, each patron received a handheld ghost viewer slash remover. So um, I watched a cart uh, cartoon, a commercial about this, and he's like, if you believe in ghosts, look through the red. If you don't believe in ghosts, look through the blue. Love it. And um, during certain segments of the film, a person could see the ghosts by looking through the red cellophane or hide them by looking um, through the blue. Awesome. Now, you know that that is 13 Ghosts yes. with Matthew Lillard. Yes. And that's why in that movie, they wear glasses to help them see the ghosts. No, I did not know that part. That is a fact. That's 
that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then and there's this movie called Homicidal where there was a fright break um, in the middle with a timer overlaid on the film's climax. Or I guess not in the middle, but towards the end. Um, and the audience had 45 seconds to leave and get a full refund if they were too frightened to see the remainder of the film. Um, let me see. I love this. I know. It's awesome. These are really crazy. Total, it's insane. Um, in an early showing, Wiley patrons simply sat through the movie a second time and left at the break to get their money back. To prevent this in the future, Castle had different color pr- uh, tickets printed for each showing. And um, he had something called a coward's corner out in the theater lobby manned by an employee. And it was a yellow cardboard booth. And um, if you had to leave during the fright break, (laughs) you had to leave your seat and in front of the entire audience, follow yellow footsteps up the aisle bathed in a yellow light. Before you reach the coward's corner, you cross yellow lines with the stenciled message. Cowards keep walking. You passed a nurse who would offer a blood pressure test. (laughs) All, All the while a recording was blaring. Watch the chicken, watch him shiver in coward's corner. As the audience howled, you, had to go one you had to go through one final indignity at coward's corner you were forced into a sign you were forced to sign a yellow card stating i am a bona fide coward that is so weird and fun it, but like, also the recording saying watch the coward ruins the movie for everyone else for a that. while yeah completely you're like oh there's a coward in this one damn it but in a weird act of kindness i wonder if the yellow light that bathes the scene yeah. is to uh to help disguise maybe some uh pee because you got too scared you old chicken oh <laughs> uh, Oh, you be your pants, little tweet. <laughs> Everyone was allowed to punch the person once. Yeah, yeah. It was the 60s. It was a different time. Uh, can you imagine if you really were like, I'm too scared to see this. And you're like, oh, man. I like, go up the aisle and go to Coward's Corner. I have to sign that paper that says I'm a stinking coward or whatever. How far do I have to walk? <laughs> I don't want to talk to this nurse. Um, I'm going to say two more because it's really crazy. There's a movie called Mr. Sardonicus, and the audience could vote on the villain's fate in a punishment poll during the climax. Castle appeared on screen to explain two options. Each member of the audience was given a card with a glow-in-the-dark thumb they could hold up or down to decide if Mr. Sardonicus would be cured or died. Supposedly, no audience ever chose mercy, so the alternate ending was never screened. Though Castle claimed in his autobiography that the merciful version was shot and shown occasionally, many suspect otherwise, which is really funny. That's that's brilliant. It's so good. In the drive-in version, drivers were asked to flash their car headlights to choose. And then this last detail about props I think is really funny. Um, A few years later, he um, was doing this movie with Joan Crawford, and he was advised by his financial backers to eliminate gimmicks. But at the last minute, Castle had cardboard axes printed that were handed out to patrons. He just couldn't help himself. Oh, Billy Castle couldn't... I know. He couldn't follow the rules. So that's this guy that we're dealing with. He was born to break the rules. Exactly. That's who he is. I love that. I oh, wish people would do that more. It's that, awesome. And I, I was like, there has to be, really be a fun. movie about this guy. Where's my greatest showman that about sounds, Bill Castle? I know. Yeah. There's a documentary about him called, what the hell is it called? Oh, Spine Tingler. Okay. It came out in 2007. I watched the trailer. It looked meh. Huh. There are cool people talking about stuff. John Waters is in it because apparently he's a really big fan of him, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. And who's it? Gene Shalit? No, no, some no, not Gene Shalit. Some some famous movie guy. Yeah. Um. But it, maybe it's because it's 2007, which is weirdly ten years ago or something. Yeah. It like looked a little fuzzy, like like BBC fuzzy. Oh, I hate But BBC that. fuzzy from a while ago. I don't okay. think BBC looks like that anymore. But anyway, yeah, it somebody's, like, somebody's going like to start doing that stuff again someday. Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. I love that idea of voting on the fate of the person in the movie. Oh, I know. And the confidence of being like, everyone's going to vote the same way. Oh, t- just show the same one ending all the time. Totally. Who's ever going to vote against it? Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
I know it's really awesome. Okay. So here's um so he said he was getting all of these like death threats and everything. Yeah. And um at first he didn't really care, but then he started getting weirded out when people were accusing him of being a Satanist and blaming him um for like unleashing evil on the world. And in his autobiography, step right up. I'm gonna scare the pants off America, which is a great autobiography name. Step right up, I'm gonna scare the pants off America. Yeah. He said, the story of Rosemary's baby was happening in life. Witches, all of them, were casting their spell, and I was becoming one of the principal players. All my life, I had yearned for the applause, approval, and recognition of my peers. And when the awards were being passed out, I no longer cared. I was at home, very frightened of Rosemary's baby. Uh Uh-uh. I know. I love it. It's brilliant, and I love it, but this is Alice Cooper saying that he is descended from a witch named Alice Cooper. It's awesome. It's a kind of showmanship. Exactly. This guy's a showman. It seems to happen a lot in music. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the music industry, there are constantly bands being like, yeah, I, I believe in the devil. And it's not true. It's all for the marketing. Yeah. You don't get that so much in movies. This guy, that's awesome. He seems amazing. Yeah. And so I will leave you with what he says. Um, one of, He said that there was one particular letter that freaked him out. And it was, bastard believer of witchcraft worshiper at the shrine of satan my prediction is you will slowly rot during a long and painful illness which you have brought upon yourself did he um well he had kidneys like he really did have kidney stones that were like a big problem and then um you know he kind of like came back health-wise i guess and he directed some more b movies and just kind of like kind of drifted into yeah like obscurity yeah obscurity thank you i was thinking obsolescence but that's not right but i guess it kind of he is. didn't direct b movie did he i don't think so with jay seinfeld <laughs> jay seinfeld uh-huh. so yeah that is all the stuff around rosemary's baby well interestingly Kristen, mm-hmm. my story picks up from there <gasps> well let's get started rosemary's baby was as we know a gigantic success Mm-hmm. It has lived on to this day as one of the most famous horror movies ever. It did boffo numbers. It did. The book did, too. The book was a huge... Actually, William Castle had to mortgage his house. He bought the rights to the book, Rosemary's Baby, before it was even published. Yeah. Because he just like knew this was a winner. And he had to mortgage his house to do it. This man's a which believer. Which was a good bet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. You know, you do that because it's a business, but yeah. you also do that because you are in it. He was betting on that horse. Go that big I, or go home. That Ira Levin horse. I recently watched the movie Ed Wood for the first time. Yeah. Tim mm-hmm. Burton movie starring Johnny Depp as the director Ed Wood, who's notoriously the the man who gave the world Plan 9 from Outer Space. A lot yep. of schlocky horror. Mm-hmm. And it's a very whimsical, mm-hmm. exciting movie about the human spirit in a yeah. weird way. How did he pull this off? Yeah. I want a movie like that for this guy. That's what I'm saying. I like, there's this documentary, which I want to check out now, but like, I want like a big, like cool movie about this guy. This is amazing. Really incredible. That's I'd really interesting. I've never heard of him before. Very cool. I know. So anyway, Rosemary's baby taking the world by storm. Yes. Other studios want to cash in. Hell yeah. They People do, are baby. digging the satanic panic. Mm-hmm. Let's get another movie in the same wheelhouse. Well, so it's crazy. Around the time Rosemary's baby is when um, the, the church of Satan was established. It wasn't a thing before that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there really was like this boom of satanic activity. What was the sa- we, let's find out what the satanic the panic satanic was. panic is in the eighties and we'll talk about it another time. I it's want awesome. to. Yeah. Let's it's, do that. It's really crazy. Is it bonkers? Yeah, it's completely insane. Love the sound of that. Yeah, okay. So, uh, thankfully, mm-hmm. a man had an idea mm-hmm. for a movie, which uh, was immediately purchased yeah. and put into production. Yeah. The movie was 
The Omen. The Old Man? What's that about? Doesn't sound too scary to me. It's about Gary Oldman, <laughs> another man who he is scary. throws himself into his roles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Omen is a movie that was released on June 6th, 1976. 6-6-76. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Well, Rosemary's baby is 666. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the baby is born in June of 66. Awesome. That's why they do it so that the baby can be born on 666. Well, that was better than 76. Yes. Um, but maybe not as good uh-huh. as when the remake of The Omen was released on June 6th, 2006. That is pretty which sweet. Which is, they get to, it actually is 060606. Yeah. yeah, that is really good. That is pretty good. So it's directed by Richard Donner, mm-hmm. who would later go on to direct another movie in a franchise that is often cited as a cursed franchise, uh-huh. Superman. Yeah. But for those of you who are not familiar with the story of The Omen, a uh, an American uh, ambassador mm-hmm. adopts a child. That child appears to be the Antichrist. Yeah. Now, The Omen has often been cited as sort of a ripoff of Rosemary's Baby. Uh-huh. It's, if that book and movie is about Rosemary's Baby giving birth to the Antichrist, right. well, all of a sudden, bam, here's a story about the Antichrist out there being adopted by a new family. They're so different. I actually really have never connected them. Yeah, well, is- in like – in. You know, Except Mia written Farrow, on paper concept. Yes. Yeah. Mia Farrow is in the remake. She, she pl- is? Yes. She <gasps> plays the nanny whose name is like, what the hell is her name? Oh, she does play I'll find nanny. it. It's, it's a really good that. scary name. It's like some, Mrs. Something Lock. It's all for you, Damien. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I yes. love The Omen. Uh, yeah. The Omen's great. Yeah. And has a lot of insane stuff floating around it. Do so, too. Uh, I read varying accounts of these stories. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe in the idea of a cursed movie. Mm-hmm. Ah, screw it. I don't believe in the idea of a cursed movie. So a lot of the stories have multiple tellings. Or, Mrs. Baylock. That is a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or variations to them, depending on who you hear the story from. Yeah. But the one that I read first says that the man who came up with the idea for the story, uh-huh. Robert Munger. Ooh. Cool name. Sorry, Munger. Yeah. Uh, came up with the idea originally as a child. He was struck yeah. with the idea of creating a story about the Antichrist. Uh-huh. He pitched the story, and immediately the studio was like, oh, yeah, we got to make this. We got to make this fast. We got to yeah. make this big. People are going to love this. People love Satan right now. He's yeah. big. Big, big in show business. Yeah. And uh, Munger, uh-huh. strangely, Munger. flipped out. Maybe, I don't know for sure, he had in his head a more methodical story about how truly like terrifying and bad this is, uh-huh. not to glorify the story. And he realized that they were going to make a movie that was full of shocks and scares. Oh. He flipped out saying, quote, the devil's greatest single weapon is to be invisible. And you're going to take his cloak of invisibility off to millions of people. What? Why did he bring this to a studio then? Like they didn't, you know what I mean? Like what's this guy talking about? He he told them his idea. That's so weird. Take it up with Munger. Munger. Munker. I prefer not to. Yeah. Um, and I wrote here in my notes, which I forgot about until right now. Find more boring details about Robert Munger at sloppynoodle.com. Oh, my God. Actually true. I Googled Robert Munger the Omen, yeah. and the top result was from sloppynoodle.com. What, what is sloppynoodle.com? I don't know. I did not linger. <laughs> so Munger uh, is credited, by the way, as the advisor, like the Christian uh-huh. Christianity advisor on the set, religious okay. advisor. 
Weird stuff. Very weird. Anyway, so here's some of the curse. There's yeah. a surprising amount of it. Okay, cool. The lead in the original movie, we're uh-huh. talking about the original, yep. is Gregory Peck, mm-hmm. who plays Ambassador Thorne. Mm-hmm. Great, scary name. Yes. Now, he doesn't side Thorn. with El Diablo. No. But you would think somebody named Ambassador Thorne... I know, that is a really good name. ...would be up to no good. Yeah. Bit of mischief. Yeah. However, uh, conflicting reports. First one I read said soon after he signed on, which mm-hmm. I don't believe would be the case. I think mm-hmm. this happened first before he even knew about the movie. Okay. His son, Jonathan Peck... Yeah. Shot himself in the head, leaving no suicide note. Uh So some of the other accounts that I read say the the producers of the film were hesitant to send Gregory Peck the script. In the the script for The Omen, Mm -hmm. uh, his character, Ambassador Thorne, Mm -hmm. attempts to kill his son. Oh. And I believe in the original ending, succeeds. Yeah, I would say he doesn't just, yeah. But Gregory Peck, uh, everyone was surprised to hear, signed on. Wow. To play this very conflicted, yeah, for him in real life, yeah, part. Wow, and it it doesn't stop there for Gregory Peck. Uh huh. On his way to England, I really like Gregory Peck. I like him too. Yeah, I like him too. On his way to England, mm-hmm. his plane was struck by lightning. Yeah, well, I've I know a little bit about these. Yeah, separate flight. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One of the producers, Mace Newfeld. Yeah. His flight was struck by lightning. There's a lot of lightning stuff, right? Is there another lightning thing or no? There's another plane thing. Okay. I'm just going to let you talk. For one of the opening shots of the film, they wanted an aerial shot. Uh So they had rented a plane Uh to get the proper footage. Yeah. However, the place they were going to rent the plane from at the last minute Uh swapped the aircraft they were going to rent out. Yeah. The aircraft they were going to give to the Omen, Mm -hmm. they instead gave to a group of businessmen, Uh giving the Omen a, a new... A yeah. new airplane, different Uh-oh. airplane. The flight the businessmen were on crashed on takeoff. Oh my god! Killing everybody on board. Oh my god! Oof! Well, that seems like an omen blessing. That's what I said. It's ranked <laughs> yeah. in the cursed section. If you if you Google the omen curse, look. I bet if you talk to those businessmen's family, they don't think that that's a no, curse absolutely. on the omen. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. But I wrote, it sounds like maybe God intervened uh-huh. to help balance out what was going on the rest of the time. Yeah, maybe. Is, listen, the devil's trying to give you the plane that's going to crash. Right. I'll look. give you guys a good plane for once. And, yeah. not, and then maybe God was like, maybe I should have just fixed the plane. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? So yeah. everybody can live. But I, don't, I also don't understand if Robert Munger uh-huh. is saying, you're going to take off the devil's invisibility cloak. To millions of people and spread his message. Shouldn't the devil want to enable that to happen? Yeah. Which got me thinking, is it possible that God is trying to stop them? Is trying to stop the movie? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. You know, and he was giving maybe sort of, uh, if he's making lightning strike the planes yeah. and they obviously were all fine, they landed at their destination. Yeah. It was scary for a little bit. Yeah. That's a bad omen. Yes. That didn't actually result in death. Yeah. So not really harmful. Right. Just trying to make you stop a little bit. Right. 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 Wouldn't the devil want to help? Yeah. Maybe God's the one so. going like, hey, turn around. Yeah, what's the... or Turn maybe... around and fly home. Well, wait. No, no, no. The de- no, the devil wouldn't want to help because he doesn't want his invisibility cloak taken off. If that's the devil's greatest strength... Then he doesn't oh, like this. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You know what? He's not into it. You know what? You're yeah. right. And the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world he didn't Kevin exist. Kevin Spacey that he could walk right. So he... <laughs> <laughs> Correct. At the end of that particular movie, yeah. when Kevin Spacey calls upon the devil's power to make him walk correctly. 
What's the movie? Well, I hope that the devil is visiting Kevin Spacey now in some different ways. Oh, I'm sure he is. <laughs> Making him walk a little funny. Yeah. Have fun in the afterlife, Spacey. Yeah. So um, <laughs> during shooting now, mm. the cast and crew were aware of the weird stuff that's happening. God. It's funny to think it's back a wild in, scene. in retrospect and uh-huh. look at all these facts condensed. Yeah. But for the crew, they were on set being like, <laughs> huh. Huh. Yeah. Huh. I'm sorry. I was just... <laughs> I, I was just walking up behind you, Jeremy. Don't get so scared. Yeah. <laughs> Producer Intense. Harvey Bernhard said, quote, the devil was at work and he didn't want the picture made. Uh huh. There were a few animal attacks. Did they say that on set? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. There are, there a are, reporter who dropped by the set to see how it's going. There like, are several documentaries yeah. about the, the omen and yeah. how it's cursed, specifically about how it is yeah. uh, movie that's believed to be cursed yeah they need something yeah before the commercial breaks that's true you know i guess bernhard gave it to you can't all be like gregory peck's favorite item from the craft food <laughs> table was the cheese doodles <laughs> they have to have somebody saying like well the devil was at work and daddy no likey yeah cut to commercial folgers <laughs> yeah <laughs> abigail folger was killed in the manson family murders abigail of the folgers Folger? of the yes! Fol- my father, the inventor of toaster strudel, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't like to hear that. Right. Yep. Folger. Yeah. That's so weird to be like, uh, yeah, I right. think I'm on the list for the club. Look again. <laughs> Folger? You know. My name is Hank. Miming drinking coffee. My name is Hank Toblerone. <laughs> oh. Why don't you look in your ledger again a little closer? <laughs> I would let him pass any velvet rope that I was managing. And me, Fred Hershey. <laughs> it's me, Kristen Nuts. My father is the inventor of nuts. <laughs> oh, just. Yeah, the category nuts. Uh... <laughs> Not even a brand. Maybe you've heard of me. Barnabas Tea Cheese. <laughs> It's just a category of thing. I'm crushing it. Yeah. So there were several animal attacks on set. Uh Uh-huh. Gregory Peck's character, Ambassador Thorne, is supposed to be attacked by Rottweilers. Uh Uh-huh. His stuntman's padding failed, and he was mauled by Rottweilers. Like to death? No, no, no. Oh, oh. He survived. Oh, my God. But he was lucky. Oh, that's horrible. There was somebody else who wasn't so lucky. Who and with what? Well, goose attack for one, Sydney Bamford. Okay, a zoologist who was on set to help wrangle yeah. a bunch of big cats uh-huh. that are supposed to shoot a scene where they try to intimidate Damien. Yeah, from behind glass, uh-huh. I think. Uh, however, he lost. I remember con- that. Yeah, he lost control of one of the tigers, and it mauled him to death. Oh my god! Look, I gotta tell you, this movie sounded a little cursed on the set of The Omen. <laughs> A man was murdered by a tiger. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's nuts. You also wouldn't think that doesn't seem like you don't really think about tigers and, and Rottweilers associated with the omen. Like, no. If this was some sort of weird trivial pursuit thing where it said, what movie was a guy mauled to death by a tiger on, the omen would be really far down on my list. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm with you. Man. Now, in England uh-huh. at the time, uh-huh. there had been a series of bombings uh-huh. done by the IRA. Uh huh. The Irish Republic Army. Oh. 
Yeah. Hmm. So Mace Newfield, yeah. who is the guy names. that was in the airplane that got struck by lightning, uh-huh. one of them, uh, was staying at the Hilton in London, uh-huh. the lobby of which was bombed by the IRA. Hi, Chihuahua. He then was on his way to a fancy restaurant. Uh huh. And as he was traveling there, another bomb? It was bombed by the IRA. <laughs> well, I got to tell you. Crazy. This is sounding a little cursed. Now, today. he was not present for either, but, you know. All right. Well, so did he, he just escaped both? He, no, I think. Or, like, just timing wise, I mean. Like they were he, places yeah. that he was staying and going to. It's right. not like That's he was. very weird. He was never there. He was not there for either one. Still, he very well. Could have like he was staying in that hotel. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's one of those things. Like, where it's not like, like you're like, oh, I always go to that Starbucks. Like I know he but, was staying at that hotel and he was going to that restaurant. Yeah, like had reservation. That's very weird. Yeah, and I kind of laugh through those things. But there are people that there are people that did die in both of those bombings. Yeah, and you know there was obviously some sort of unrest going on. Uh-huh. I only just learned that there was such a thing as the Irish Republic I Army because I have a very that. small mind. Yeah, and. uh can you really attribute that to people wanting to make a little horror, scary movie no. down the road? No. You know, that's one of those things where it becomes so fun to think about. But on, then... its, on its own, obviously not. I guess when yeah. you're listing it with all these other things, it's just like, my God, this yeah. set was plagued by near misses and disasters. Yeah. Now, this one, we're in the back nine. This is okay. the, We're approaching the end, actually. Okay. Everybody stand up. The train's coming to a slow. <laughs> yeah. To a slow? That's fine. Okay. So... In the movie The Omen, uh-huh. there is a photographer. Okay. There is a very, very famous scene. Uh-huh. Again, obviously spoilers for these movies. Uh-huh. Uh, where a truck carrying plates of glass, uh-huh. like windows, basically, uh, rolls down a road. Mm-hmm. One of the plates of glass slides off the back and decapitates the photographer. Oh, yeah. Very oh, famous this scene. This is the one that I've been trying to remember. Okay. Yeah, this is a little uh-huh. weird. Yeah. The man that was the special effects consultant on The Omen, John Richardson, Mm -hmm. was later on – this is after the movie has been out. Yeah. He is working on another film. He's Mm -hmm. driving through, I think, the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. He's with his assistant, Mm -hmm. Liz Moore. Mm -hmm. They get into a head-on collision. Mm -hmm. The front tire, one of the front tires of the other car, slices Liz Moore in half. Yeah. Ugh, it's awful. But even worse, <laughs> John Richardson found himself now on the ground. Uh huh. And when he looked up, what did he see? Brace yourself. Okay. He saw a sign reading, the town of Omen is 6.66 kilometers away. Really? Kristen, I'm getting choked up. Not only that, it gets even more worse. Wait. The town of, like the town, okay, O-double-M-E-N. Omen. Well. And then also. Is that true? And then also it says that the accident happened at kilometer 66.6. Look, I gotta tell you. And I don't know what it means. (laughs) If true, that's very strange. If true, it's insanely bizarre. Yeah, that is very strange. But I think it would also be the devil taking off his own invisibility cloak. <laughs> right? It's kind of a tell. A little bit of a tell. He's showing his cards a bit. Maybe he's having a little fun. It's because you're sometimes in the he omen. Can't, sometimes he can't help it. It's because you help them during the omen. Isn't there something about... Is 66.6 or 6.66? Yeah. Does that really count as 666? 
I think it counts. All right. I think it counts. Yeah. All right. I did a um uh what's it called? Like an Instagram story thing of my uh my groceries came to sixty six and six cents the other day. Oh. So I did one of those uh Instagram things where it's like Wait, what does it do? I can't think the noise does. But zooms in. Yeah. And it's like, damn, all I can think of is, is the scary hamster thing where it's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but it's not that. Yeah. It's called the super zoom. You guys know what it does. I can't think of it right now. Um, it was a very good Instagram. I actually story. have a 666 connection. What? True story. At my office cafeteria, a turkey it's sandwich. It's your favorite sandwich is 666. <laughs> yeah, it is. A turkey sandwich rings up on the register. As $6.66. Nice. Now, I'm a simple man. I get yeah. myself a turkey sandwich. Sure. About five times a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roundabout every day. Your I have to come again for lunch soon. Okay. Your cafeteria is so good. We'll have lunch. Okay. We'll Let's have do lunch. lunch. Okay. We, uh, we came up with this show at lunch in that cafeteria. Yes. Yeah. That's right. We had a first uh, production meeting. Yeah. That's yeah. right. We did. I had a Cubano. <laughs> so a turkey sandwich is six dollars and sixty six cents. Mm-hmm. Always for yeah. years. Fun. Recently, uh-huh. in the past couple months, inflation six dollars and sixty five cents. Oh, I think cool. deflation. I think, and I can't prove this. That <laughs> I think someone deliberately changed it. I think it could be. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's entirely possible. Yeah, like how there's no thirteenth floor yeah, in a lot totally. of a lot of buildings. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. That's really funny, but that could be even weirder. Yeah, kind of removed some of the appeal of that sandwich. I can see that too. It was a little, a little teenager it little, rebellious. It thing. had a little cachet to it when yeah. it was six six six. It was like letting my freak and now flag just fly like, a teeny bit. And now you're just like, all right, so this is a turkey sandwich now. Yeah, uh, all right, exactly. Who am I praising by ordering this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I exalting when exalting. I bite into this thing? No one. <laughs> no one. Just myself. All right, so tell me about the newer movie. I have a question, and it might just be a yes or no answer. In the newer movie with Liev Schreiber and Julia – I almost said Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. Julia. Ju- 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 Julia Louis-Dreyfus is what you said. Julie Louis. And you didn't even say Louis. You said Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me that Julie Louise trials. What's isn't an annoying it? internet thing? Is isn't there something where they somebody's like prove me wrong or there like something like that? Evidence, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, okay. So in that movie, yeah. um, David Thewlis is in it. Yes. And don't they do something different with him? Like they don't have the plate glass thing slice his head off. Like does like a spire from a church like go down his throat or something like that? I don't know. That is another very famous death from The Omen. Okay. Uh, man is impaled with like steel beams. Okay, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. But they is do there... change the death. And they do it in a way that is um you know, the omen is about a little boy. He's like four or five years old, Damien, yeah. the Antichrist. Yeah. But yeah. people are dying all over the place. Right. And it always feels a little bit like <laughs> the final omen is destination. So sweet. It is it's really good. Actually, I just realized it's kind of weird. I wish I still had them. I don't. Um, there was some cool company that made shirts with like horror things on them. And the two that I ordered from them were um, Rosemary's Baby and The Omen. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. They are two movies that go hand in hand. Yeah, they totally do. Bit. So um, in the original movie, Truck mm-hmm. rolls back, plate of glass slides off, right. decapitates the photographer. Uh-huh. In the remake, it's very Final Destination where yeah. they almost assume that you have – 
uh, strong memory of the original, which uh-huh. some people do. Uh-huh. A lot, I mean, a lot of people do, but I'm saying not maybe all of the audience for the remake yeah. does, which I assume were a lot of young people. I yeah. mean, I've seen the original. Mm-hmm. There's a shot, I may have this, I think I'm getting this right, that lingers on a truck for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, as if it's the director going like, here you go, here's the yeah. infamous truck scene. Yeah. There's David Thewlis playing the same character who's about to get decapitated by this truck. Yeah. And it starts to roll back, and he looks over at the truck and then something else decapitates him. Oh, okay. I think it's like a hanging sign. Oh, okay. And so it's such a weird fourth wall-ish, yeah. like, here it is, the original is coming, and then, nope, remake, even crazier. Yeah. But it feels like urban legend. Yeah. Which the original kind of did anyway, because it's a little boy. Yeah. And then somewhere, these Rube Goldberg machination-type deaths what are happening to people. Rube Goldberg? It's a, you've seen those machines where it's like, you do something small. Uh-huh. Like, if I tipped this uh, can of drank Don't over. Don't you dare. And then the... Uh, you know I need my bubbles. The liquid would dribble down the table and uh-huh. land in a cup, and the cup is attached to a string. Oh, it's mousetrap. It's mousetrap. Okay. Yes, mousetrap <laughs> is a Rube Goldberg machine. Very, very yeah. smart. It's a cunning That's contraption. That's one of those things I've heard people refer to, and I don't know what it yeah. is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it also grape escape? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I'm not maybe. sure. I remember the, the grape escape song was like... Yeah, and they go... That's the way you do it when you play the Grape Escape. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, but what I was wondering is, so the thing about somebody getting decapitated or, or whatever by the church spear, is there a real life parallel to that or no? Oh, I don't know. I could be totally making up. There might not be. For some reason, I thought that that was, maybe I just made up because I knew there was an omen curse and yeah. I could think of that in my head and I thought that there was a parallel. I bet I mixed yeah, that I up with the original one with the plate glass thing and the woman getting cut in half. Maybe. I bet they merged in my brain. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It would be weird if two very broad deaths happened in real yeah. life that were similar to what happened in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're thinking of Freddy versus Jason oh, maybe. when Jason is struck by rebar. And Freddie is able to really capitalize on the moment. What is rebar? I think it's steel beams. I think you're right. Allie, is rebar steel beams? Sticks of steel. Yeah. We're all here at at Talk Bomb headquarters. We're all pretty sure. (laughs) And Allie knows everything from medical things to what rebar is, apparently. There you go. Yeah. We got it covered here. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not us. (laughs) Somewhere in this building, it's covered. So, um... So they made the remake. Yeah. June 6th, 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked up to see if that movie's cursed. Mm-hmm. One thing came up. We have Sharper's career took a nosedive after. It didn't How even. dare you? <laughs> He's great. He's great. I really like Liam Schreiber. I do too. Shame he was in the Wolverine movie. He's in the Wolverine movie? Yeah, he plays Sabretooth. Oh, and yeah. And it's not good. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So Pete Postlewaite. Yeah. Who you guys probably know from Romeo plus Juliet. His brother. Love Romeo plus Juliet. My yeah. friends and I were just texting about that last week. Really? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. His brother died while they were filming. Uh-huh. His brother wasn't there. Okay. But his, that's all that's mentioned? His brother was out playing poker. And this is a quote from Pete Postlewaite uh-huh. himself. The lads down his club told me they'd been playing cards the week before. Mike, his brother, uh-huh. drew three sixes. One of the fellows even jokingly said to him, that's your number up now. And it was just shortly <laughs> afterwards up now. he died. So Pete Postlewaite is out there making the Omen remake. His brother's out there living it up, playing some cards. Draws Again, three sixes dead. Highly bizarre if true. 
Incredibly bizarre if true. Yeah. The if true I know. is very important. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, but the omen curse doesn't stop there. Uh-oh. Just in the last couple of years, Lifetime Channel produced a series called Damien. Ooh. It was canceled after one season. Will the curse never let up? Why does this keep happening? <laughs> Stop doing this to us. <laughs> now this is a cursed production. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, boy. Watch your back. Look out for those sixes. Yeah, I guess Maybe so. don't get a turkey sandwich tomorrow just in case they bump the price back up, okay? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my. All right. Um, there you go. That's it. And that's the ball game. Yep. So uh, <laughs> be wary of sixes. Careful out there. Be wary of kidney stones. Um, and we'll see you on the other side. The Omen and Rosemary's Baby available mm-hmm. on the internet. Yeah. Did, did you know that yeah. part? Did you know that you can get literally almost everything on the internet? I guess literally almost doesn't work, but still. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I like to stop by every now and then. Yeah. They have everything. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. Yep. Thank you. And listening. And listening. Mm-hmm. We hope you had a good time with us. Yep. Uh, we didn't say the one thing to do this week. I mean, I think the one thing, I think we've said everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think I, we just we're going go to repeat ourselves. Yeah. Let's go back. Well, Share. How about I th- that? I think we should just say them all. I think we've stretched the one thing to its limits. Why are we going to keep just cycling? You know what I mean? Share. Share the show. Yeah. Do everything. Yeah. Share the show with somebody who might like it. Follow us on social media. At GTTU pod. Yeah. Go to talkbomb.com slash GTTU pod mm-hmm. to find links to everything. Yep. Uh, every previous show, every future show. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you can even talk to us individually. Yep. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Chillin' Kristen. I am at Haunted Sponge. Mm-hmm. And we are all over the place at GTTU Pod. Yes. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have a private Facebook group you can join. Search Guides the Unknown on all of your favorite social media stuff, and we will be there. Guess what? You're going to find us. Yeah. You're going to find these spaces. Smiling at you. Get used to it. <laughs> all right. So we'll be back next week when yep. it will be 2018. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, and until then, you know what we got to do. We know what we got to do. We just got to do it. We must travel. Back to the netherworld go we once again. Say something right now. Um, even though I love tots on their own, I prefer them with cheese. Uh, I also learned this is neither here nor there, uh-huh. and I wanted to not say it, but I don't think I cannot. Yeah. It came up in my research, and I was stunned. Okay. The Omen is not based on a book. Uh-huh. However, the screenwriter wrote a book uh-huh. uh, that flushes out the story of The Omen. Okay. All right. It then carried on in novel format. Uh-huh. Uh, the Omen 2 has a novelization, The Omen 2, the book. Yeah. The Omen 3 has the novelization, Omen 3, the book. Uh-huh. However, Omen 4, I believe, was a TV movie. Okay. Omen 4, the book, is not based on it. It is its own thing. It goes off in a completely different direction. Okay. And the only thing I know about it, which was on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. brace yourselves. All right, I'm ready. And don't punish me for this. I read this somewhere, and it's true. All right, loins girded. 
in the book Omen 4, Damien, who's uh-huh. now a grown man, uh-huh. uh, has some form of relations with a lady. Okay. Uh, and according to Wikipedia, I don't know if I want my face associated with what I'm about to say. What? It's is not it? that it's so horrible or something. It's just gross. It's gross. What? So uh, there is an act of sodomy uh-huh. that is involved. Consensually? Yes. Okay. I believe. Okay. And uh, the woman later gives, quote from Wikipedia, rectal birth to a monster called the Abomination. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the hell? I know. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> kind of made me want to read the book. Yeah, who wrote that? It's, it sounds... Just a rando wrote that? Out of control nuts. That's so crazy. And gross. Yeah, completely gross. I might cut that out of the show. No, I've you been, should leave it in. I've been troubling myself over whether or not Why? I should say that leave all it in. day. You didn't write it? So gross. So what? Uh, yes, it is. But okay. Look, do whatever you need to do, but I don't see why you would cut it out. Bonkers. <laughs> you didn't make it up. Yeah, I know. I know. But I didn't have to say it either. But I did. I think it's fine. <laughs> I had to say it once it was in my of head. Of course. You came across it. It can't just be in my head only. I 100% would have said it if I was doing The Omen and I came across that. Now this is a cursed production. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, boy. 